So, you know, as more time goes on, it feels like, okay, I got it all figured out now. I know who I am in this relationship or forget that. I know who I am in this body. I know how I show up. I know who I am in this relationship. Um, you know, I got this. Lo and behold, we are constantly learning, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and specifically communication. So we're constantly learning about why we communicate the way we do, what our triggers are, what our intentions are, and how we can serve communication in a way that actually creates connection rather than disconnect. Yeah, so we talked in this episode how we can often just move into our default mode where it's so easy to just react to a situation, to maybe not show up with our best foot forward, but to really just, you know, feel justified in our default mode. And so, you know, we're going to tap into helping maybe you understand or illuminate some of your default modes, maybe where the medicine is in, in communication and connection relationship so we what else do we talk about yeah so we talked about the four steps that you can utilize in that moment so you can recognize again where where you're sourcing from where the triggers are coming from whether you're actually responding from that present moment or from a past moment and also recognizing how wives are usually right rather than husbands so that's something we really dive deep in, into wow. in this episode yeah yeah and we also talked about um sarcasm as a communication tool and, mm -hmm. and how there can be an effective use of sarcasm mm -hmm right uh you know i wouldn't say that that was necessarily one but maybe maybe there are times to use sarcasm uh just kidding of course mm -hmm. but the point is is that we all want to move towards more freedom in our in our health and our physical bodies but you know where that often where we often get stuck is really in our relationships right so i think if we can utilize these four tools is for strategies to to optimize your communication to get out of a cancel culture within a relationship to just put things on the shelf and not deal with them you know we have an opportunity to really free ourselves from the the challenges and, and things that that seem to overwhelm us and so we can have freedom in that yeah so enjoy let us know what you think and happy communicating welcome to the health ignited podcast with your hosts dr nick and sonia jensen we are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode with Dr. Sonia and myself. Uh, we get a chance to chat with one another and oftentimes when we're doing this podcast together, we, we often learn from, we, from one another. So it's actually an opportunity for communication, connection with, with, uh, with each other. Yeah, and this whole episode is about communication and some of the things that we can tap into to understand each other better because we're still learning even though we're in our 12th year of marriage and um, still learning and growing together. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like early in our relationship, I was sort of towing the line, you know, I felt like I had all figured out. Yeah, and definitely thought you were my teacher. I thought I was her teacher and I was the savior and, and rescuer and, and wanting to show, show her the, the light of, you know, enlightenment and, and what all that means. And lo and behold, um, that's not a, a, a role that I stayed in for very long, was it? Um, I think you still think you are there sometimes, <laughs> but it's definitely not a role that you anchored into as much as you 
did before. Yeah. And, and a lot of that had to come from uh, an insecurity not really knowing myself and wanting to play a role and seeing, and, and also like honestly seeing some of the challenges that you went through. Um, maybe that was a, a necessary role that I played at the time mm-hmm. for you to feel safe. Maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely helpful because of the things that I was going through to have someone support me and help me see things from a different lens and yeah, just to be on my side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's been, we've been together for longer than just 12 years. We've been married mm-hmm. for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've had a lot of long time to get to know each other and uh, learn from one another. And we've made a few mistakes along the way. Yeah. we still do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my role that's has changed. Your, your yeah. role has changed yeah. and it's ever evolving, mm-hmm. which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes, you know, when, when in disagreement, um, not just with each other, but, you know, I'm sure some of you tuning in as well. Sometimes you just want to press the delete button or cancel button or the easy button, like staples or see yeah. <laughs> you're in the middle of uh, an uncomfortable scenario or discussion or disagreement. And you want to press yeah, the easy button or escape or how to mm-hmm. get out of the situation mm-hmm. because the feelings inside are too intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in today's world, because, you know, so much happens online and we often don't have a face to who we are communicating with. And it's really easy to say things that maybe you wouldn't say to somebody if you're in person and just walk away from it. But I think it's so important to have these kinds of dialogues to understand that even through that piece of communication, there's an energy exchange and that that still does impact not only yourself, but the other person, but also just your relationship to the world. And I think it's important to recognize that communication happens in so many different levels and there's so many layers to communication. Yeah. You, you know what, you know, in all the challenging conversations that happen on the different social media platforms, um, there is, you know, to be fair, maybe if those people were sitting in front of each other, maybe they would have a more um, reasonable conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then maybe some of that's fake. Like maybe it's actually you know, there's this sort of polarity or this, this opportunity in these online communications to actually like bring out your shadow, <laughs> you know, and bring out some of the darkness that's, that's there that you want to say, but you would never say in person. So like, is there, is there like an opportunity for connection in that, you know? Possibly. I don't know if you remember this commercial and I can't remember what company created this scenario, but they brought together people with opposing views, like extreme Mm, polarities and they brought them into the room and they weren't told what their views were whether it's political views or what they thought about um, relationships like same-sex marriages or any of these issues that we kind of speak to and they just you know put them in a room and they had food together and they were just speaking to each other like humans and not realizing that they came from very different backgrounds different belief systems and different thought processes and the moment they found out some had breakdowns of like, wow, there's this other human that thinks completely different from me. And yet I was able to connect to them on the soul level. And I think that maybe there was one out of all of them that walked away. But really, what happened was that they understood that you can sit in the same room with somebody with opposing views and still have a deep, meaningful conversation and just relate to each other as humans. So I think when you're on social media, making comments or you know, having even text conversations, you, you lose that piece, that humanness of it. So I think 
yes, true, you can bring up more of that shadow aspect. But if you do that in person, there's so many different layers to communication, you're seeing how the other person responds, there's more empathy, you're going to maybe choose different words, that you can still express your shadow components, but have that compassion for the other person at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that commercial was brilliant, mm-hmm. you know, it because they did an individual interview beforehand. So you, you kind of see where that person mm-hmm. was coming from, that, you know, some people had, you know, gender dialogues that they were you know for against you know the whole transgender discussion there was there was people on like more feminist and then more chauvinist and so there was these really interesting interviews where it wasn't who they were but it came out in a dialogue about expressing certain opinions Mm -hmm. and then you know so those were recorded interviews and then they go in and have these connection time with the other person where you know all of those connection opportunities were actually really great for the most part and then it was this revealing of of these uh, of the earlier dialogue where they got to see like wow that's actually something you said and then they yeah. had to reconcile these differences together like it, it was super awkward and yet beautiful at the same time yeah. because like you said most of them actually decided to stick around I think it might have been a beer commercial or something I think so but they decided to stick and, around and most of them together. and have a yeah. beer together <laughs> you know and and hug it out and cry yeah. and yeah wow that was powerful right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and I just sort of thought of that in this moment that that maybe social media is allowing us to like go inside and reveal some of that shadow stuff that we're not willing to share when we're face to face. And and then you just, you know, mentioned, you know, the challenge in that, too, is that we have to do that. You know, I think it's up to us, our responsibility to also do that with compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So any more thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think. um just communication, again, just has so many layers. So whether you're in person, whether you're on text, or whether you're on social media, I think considering all those elements is important, especially from your own lens, because often we're going to receive a message according to the story that we're carrying with us. So that's in relationship with each other, whether it's like husband, wife, partners, or even with our children, with colleagues, with siblings, with anyone that we are in relation with often we're coming at that conversation or that disagreement or that discomfort discomfort because of our own personal experience of a previous conversation or a trigger that we're stepping into because of that environment at that time. So I think it's so important to understand those layers and understand where the story is coming from when we're making assumptions about somebody else's communication. Yeah. And we have a tendency to also hold people in the past based on previous reference points for mm-hmm. that individual, but also previous experiences when mm-hmm. a similar dialogue or context comes into a conversation. We, we are actually not in the moment, are we? We're, we're literally like remembering being in a defensive state or an attacking state or something. And we're trying to bring that and make sense of the moment that we're in instead of actually sitting with someone going like, wow, we're having a brand new conversation here what would it be like to be fully present and just sit with the feelings that are coming up in this moment, instead of try to make reference to something in the past that may not have anything to do with this moment. Mm -hmm. Or we're thinking about what we're going to say already without actually tapping into what the other individual is speaking to or what they're feeling or what they're really trying to truly express. We already have something we want to say so that we can prove our point or make ourselves feel heard and understood. And that's often where these conversations come (laughs) these conversations um, come up because we're just wanting to feel connected, right? So we often get into spaces of disagreement when we're feeling disconnected, and then it just kind of 
goes into this like cycle of more disconnect because now we're coming from this other intention. Yeah. And I think sometimes, especially like in, in a relationship dynamic with couples, so we think we know each other so well that uh, we're just going to try to quickly move through either an uncomfortable conversation or maybe not articulate the full scope of maybe something that, that uh, an intention that maybe someone has in a relationship, you know, it could be uh, how the day looks like or how someone moved through the morning with acknowledging or not. And, you know, there's all these different preconceptions that, that are so loaded in each other's personality that, that are met in a moment. And sometimes we just want to speed through and get to the next thing because we've got, we're stuck in our forward thinking mind. And so, you know, example might be getting ready in the morning and not really acknowledging one another. Um, you know, a, a common argument that Sonia and I have gotten in the past, I've, I've, um, I've been more aware of it, is I'll put headphones in in the morning and listen to something because I'm always like, li- like listening to stuff and learning and whatnot. And I'm totally in the same space as Sonia, but I'm not actually with her and connecting with her. And to me, I'm like, I'm enjoying myself, you know, but her experience of me is like, well, why are you being an asshole? Like, take those things out. <laughs> and like, conversate with me, you know, and it's just, you know, had I actually communicate, you know, and this, this conversation hasn't come up in a little while because I, I don't do that anymore. Um, but had I just communicated, like, listen, Sonia, I love you. I see you. Good morning. Um, I, I, there's something I really want to listen to and tune into right now. And if you just give me five minutes, I'll be with you and I'll be present with you, you know, but I may be thinking that and that may be my intention, but the communication of it just never happened, you know? And meanwhile, I can feel justified in how I'm feeling. Like, this is really important to me that I listen to this right now. And, you know, you you sort of miss out on an opportunity to connect with someone. Mm. And like the perfect mirrors for that really are children, right? They will call mm-hmm. us out um, immediately when they're not feeling our presence because we are distracted. And again, it could be the phone. It could be putting headphones in because you're listening to a podcast. And from your perspective, you're thinking, well, I'm doing something really great that's going to serve them in a different way because I'm working on myself. But what they're seeing is mom's distracted, dad's distracted. They're not paying attention to me and they can't really hear me. Like our youngest has always been good since he was quite small. If you were holding him on your hip and talking to him and not looking at him, he would take his hand and like pull your face so that you were really looking at him eye to eye. And he would say, just see me, look at me when you're talking to me. So I think that we have from a very young age, but it get lost somewhere because we see our environment and how communication happens. And we start to side by side communicate rather than looking at one another to really see the other in our, in, in our conversation and the response they're actually having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember when he used to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about, you spoke about default and medicine. Like what does that mean in communication? Yeah, I think default medicine can be can show up in different ways. I think it can show up in our lifestyle habits. It can show up, um, you know, in our um, behaviors that we do on a regular basis. So our default mode would be basically be um, what is the what is the way that you typically would show up? Let's say in in a disagreement or maybe a challenge in life or uh, in conversation um, or just your personality. So. Uh, my default mode uh, typically has always been a pleaser. Uh, I have this, you know, it's insatiable desire for people to like me <laughs> that I've learned to let go of over time. But uh, that was always a part of my picture. Uh, it was always about pleasing others, making sure everyone's happy and okay. 
Uh, and in doing that, that, that being the default, that's like the easiest place for me to drop into, you know, whether it's a group of people or a new environment, I'm always trying to like, listen and make sure that I'm, I'm giving time and space for other people so that they feel comfortable enough and that, and that, so I feel like I'm fitting a role. And so that's my default. Uh, now, interestingly, the more we sit in that default mode, what happens, you know, in, in a person who presents like that is that you start feeling resentful right? Because you start playing that old carbo, like, how come they're not asking how I'm doing? Or why aren't they paying attention to me? You know, I'm putting all this effort in, you know, what about me is sort of like the, the counter to that. And then so with that, with that, um, you know, internal resistance that comes up, or that or that resentment that gets played out, the communication turns into passive aggressiveness. And it's like, that becomes a default for me that I recognize. And, you know, it's taken me many years to actually acknowledge and figure it out and realize that I'm, that I'm doing that. And Sonia sometimes just has to give me a look like kind of like this. They can't see you. And well, if you're watching the video, <laughs> um, you'll have to go back and maybe I'm sure you'll see her do it to me, maybe even on, you know, different podcasts or what have you. But um, that sometimes it just takes that look to go like, Oh Yeah. I'm, I'm like sitting in my default mode. Mm -hmm. And so do you want to share your default mode and then let's get mm -hmm. into the medicine? Yeah. Well, before even going into my default mode, like how that can show up for women, I want to just bring some awareness to um, that damsel archetype that I spoke mm. about in the book and how that can actually represent itself in our physical body. So when there isn't really a capacity to say no, and we're always saying yes, because that's our way to, like you were saying, to belong or to feel some significance or acceptance into a group, it does show up in resentment. And for women, often there's going to be issues in their ovaries or thyroid because they're not really using their voice with intention, but instead they're coming from a place of depletion and like that have to mode, like where I have to do this or I should do this in order to feel accepted. So you're saying I'm damsel? Maybe there's <laughs> like a component of damsel, which we all have in right. different parts of our life. And I think just recognizing when we're playing that role and understanding the gift of the role, the gift of that role is somebody that brings people together, which you do. Like you're you like to communicate with everyone, you like to connect and all these things. So that is the gift in it. But it can be detrimental when we're using it in a way where we feel like that's the only way we're going to feel accepted is to be able to say yes. Yeah. And not being not intentionally saying no when it's not working for you. Yeah. And it's not that we don't have other personalities that we can sort of default into. Mm -hmm. I just think that there tends to be mm -hmm. a dominant yeah. Okay. So what's your default? Yeah. So mine's a protector. So if some of you have read my story in my book, we'll know that I kind of built up that wall of protections to make sure that I had control over my environment because of my, you know, big traumas and stories that I've carried. And when I come from that space, that negative mind is definitely more active. So I'm looking for the gaps. I'm looking for where things are not working rather than honoring what is working. So how that shows up in argument, I can go stone cold within a second and I can live there for days and not move. I can be so steady in that and literally just stare at him. It's scary as hell. For an hour, yeah. if it's necessary. Inside, I get terrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't need to speak about it. I don't need to do any of those things. I just, I go into that, almost that silent warrior mode to build my wall even further so that um, there's no vulnerability there. Somebody can't come in and attack. 
And that's kind of where I step into. And then of course, what that's going to create in my body is just resistance and the lack of, you know, we talk about inability to be soft in those moments and really be um, my truest self. Cause that's not who I actually am. It's just a mask that I've had to put on in order to survive. And so at some point it did serve me. So before we get into that piece, you want to talk about the medicine? Yeah. But what yeah. I want to say is like, how I receive that it's like the perfect medicine for my default, mm, yeah. you know, because it's like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about my medicine for a little bit, but I think that it's the perfect mirror for me to recognize like the need within me is to make sure that you're happy and you're okay. Mm -hmm. And so that there's this level of like responsibility that, that I, my, my persona, my personality wants to own in order to help you see me in a better light. Mm -hmm. And because like my world would collapse or crumble if I somehow was shone in a, in a not so bright light where I look like the bad guy, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's, that's my default. And so it's a great, great mirror for me to like own the medicine. Mm -hmm. So my medicine would be assertiveness speaking what it is that that I want uh, or my intention. And again, that's my word for the year is to be more intentional. And then part of that is just articulating where I'm at, uh, what I'm feeling, how I can show up for the other person, how I can show up for myself. And so I think it just, it's assertiveness and uh, being clear, you know, being clear is be to be kind, those kind of things. And I haven't perfected this by any means, but it's the exact opposite of being the people pleaser. Right. And it's creating, you know, boundaries around like, you know, what I can control within my own psychology, emotional body, and what's not mine to fix or control in hers, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, so it's a, it's a work in progress, but that would be my medicine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my medicine would be to be more vulnerable in that, that space. Like, I feel like I can really step into that when I'm feeling safe with myself, but for me, the medicine really would be to tap into that feeling at that time where I don't need the external environment to change, but I just feel that safety within me to be able to bring the, the wall down so that there can be a bit more softness. Cause as Nick reminds me, my tongue can be very sharp yeah. when it needs to be. <laughs> my goodness. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, is it, is it your, is it your true name or is it the sort of truth or something? Mm -hmm. or, yeah. Yeah. So do you want to say anything about that or? Yeah. I mean, as, um, Indo-Canadians or Indians, we get our Indian name and my true name is Sandeep, which is actually the light of God. So the light of truth. So it kind of pierces through all of everything else and just shines a light on truth. But when speaking the truth, sometimes it can feel a bit sharp for the other individual, especially if I'm coming from a place of um, protection. But if I'm coming from a place of softness, I can still speak that truth, but it'll just have a different edge. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it doesn't like, sometimes it still comes sharp, but, but with love, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's different. Like you you are very direct in how you communicate, which is brilliant for, for my own learning process as well. And, and it's really a gift and opportunity for me to really own the medicine uh, or, or, and recognize, you know, when I go into my default mode. So 
that's uh that's significant so is there is there other like personality types that are quite common i mean those are i think those are pretty common ones but any other ones that kind of come to mind obviously there's lots out there but what are some other big ones you see maybe in practice or working with women mm-hmm. yeah so i mean i always go back to that triangle of disconnect for for my way of understanding it so the duchess the damsel and the diva so the duchess is one of control so she has to control her environment and may not even have time to argue right there's not going to be any time so may say the things that need to are need to be said in order to move on to the next thing so there really isn't time to kind of sit in what's happening and we spoke about the damsel and for the diva there it's everything's about perfection so if there is an argument again she's going to probably step into more of that damsel state and do more of that pleasing so that um, the boat's not getting rocked and so I think when we're playing out any of these roles, we really have to ask ourselves. So like the four things that we have for you guys today of like how we can assess our communication is like, how is that serving you or how has it served you in the past? And just like honoring the fact that you needed to create that mode of communication to help you navigate your life to up until today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, before we get into those four things, I, I really, because you're so good at like walking through the mud of life you know, to really appreciating the shadow and the, you know, um, that the fact that not everything's roses and rainbows. Um, how do you, how do you help people appreciate that or just like mm-hmm. really step into that a little mm-hmm. bit more? Because I think that in the world that we're in, we're all feeling it. None of us really want to feel it, but do you have any, you know, tips or strategies to like be okay with the fact that everything's not okay. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about this a little bit before, you know, everything's not awesome, yeah. <laughs> the movie. but, but I think it's important in, in this, in recognizing your default mode, like where are you just trying to play the role, you know, to, to pacify your own emotions or others and, you know, where's an opportunity for medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the shadow can actually give lots of gifts of medicine because it gives us an idea of our other polarity and also this recognition of that, like everything is temporary. So we don't have to live in it, but we can honor it and recognize it because that too is a part of us. So we can't have light without the dark. So it's really just honoring that yin and the yang within, instead of just trying to always go towards the light and ignoring those shadow pieces. And those shadow pieces come up in different ways. Maybe there's moments of envy and jealousy in our in ourselves. Maybe there's moments of regret. Maybe there's moments of guilt and shame. There's moments of all these things, but instead of trying to ignore what's happening and honoring it, Um, is so important because that's what's going to help us understand ourselves even more. So if there is a moment of envy, maybe that envy is just kind of showing us that, hey, there's something in our life that isn't working in order for us to get to where that individual is, maybe we need to make some changes. So if the more we learn from those shadow aspects of ourselves, I think the more deeply anchored we can get into the light. Yeah. And I think where we get stuck is when we're comparing. Yes. So when we're comparing like our own behavior or, or when we're looking at people that we admire and it looks like everything's all put together on the surface, like we, we keep seeing where we're not and then judging ourselves and blame. And then, and then that's just another pattern we get into and we're mm-hmm. not really aware that we're stuck inside of a sh- our shadow there either. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, th- I say sort of invite the discord into your life to some degree, not invite it, like call it on and be you know overly provoking unless you feel like that's the mood you're in in that day you know go for it Um, but the point is is I think that when we're in that you know we said this at the beginning there's no easy button or cancel button to just remove ourselves like there is on social media Mm -hmm. you know so what if we could articulate 
a little bit more specifically what we're feeling. And so these are some of the four steps that we're in, but I would say, you know, if we're in disagreement with somebody, could we ask ourselves, is there an opportunity to connect or what is this relationship that I have with this person? And is there, is there reason to, you know, deepen friendship connection and what have you? Like, I think there's a lot of little questions that we can ask when we're, you know, facing disagreement and challenge in in our lives. And just looking at it again, from that shadow aspect, if we look at life itself, winter represents darkness and shadow, but spring follows winter. So that's where the growth begins to happen. That's where there's a rebirth. And we wouldn't have that rebirth if we didn't move into that shadow. When a child's being born, the mother goes into a phase of transition where everything feels chaotic and crazy. She's shaking and it feels like there's no end to that moment. And yet it's so temporary. And now all of a sudden there's a birth. And even before birth, that child is in the womb where it's complete darkness. But in order for her or him to get into the light, they have to pass through that darkness and that shadow. So just like honoring the fact that this is just a part of us and a part of who we are can help us get into these like four steps that we're going to talk about so that there's more ease in communication. Yeah. uh, Thank you for sharing that because that's really like the seasons of life. Right. Mm -hmm. And even when we're talking about, you know, our fasting program or different things like stuff is going to come up, you're going to be in the middle of a challenge you know, how do you sit with that and not live there for, mm-hmm. for eternity and recognize that there's a change in season mm-hmm. coming? Okay, so we've got four strategies for you. So do you want to walk yeah. us through the first one? Yeah, so the first one really is that piece where we just spoke to is understanding where this style of communication or this default really served you in the past. Um, when it was it that you had to step into that mode so that you can protect yourself or maybe feel heard and seen and all the various things that you needed for you to feel safe in that moment, just recognizing where it's coming from and how it served you. So do you want to give some examples like of our own lives? Well, we kind of did with our default mechanism. No, I know. No. So like <laughs> if I was to, to be in, you know, if I was in to be in my people pleaser mode, I could literally go back to like elementary school and really, you know, I played the role of a bully for a bit, but then I recognized that that I was, you know, I, I had some self-awareness at the time and then actually shifted a whole friend group to, to actually hang, hang out with the kids who were sort of the trouble kids, right? And and that gave me sort of a, a, an opportunity to see things through sort of two different sets of eyes. Um, but uh, the inherently, the, the need to belong was always there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So So if I had to go back, you know, in, in a moment, it would be, you know, that, that desire to belong. So seeing where that's coming from. Yeah. So then that mode of communication served you so that you could fit in yeah. at that time yeah. and help you survive. Cause that's the, the primary goal of the brain, right. And our bodies is to help us survive and the mind will do whatever it needs to do in order for that to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we, yeah. And Sonia obviously gets into her story in the book. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So the second one is what is your intention and what is your motivation in that conversation? And what do you want to receive from this communication? So what is the outcome? So often we can go into a space of an argument, just wanting to maybe feel heard, or we go into that space, like wanting more connection, or we go into that space of like really wanting to feel understood by the other individual. Like what is the outcome that you want? Do you want more connection? Or is this a stepping stone to, towards releasing that relationship? So really knowing your intention can help support how you speak. And if you're, whether you're going into your default or you're really understanding what mode of communication you need in that moment. Cool. So what would be an example there? Go ahead. No, I gave an example for the first one. So now it's your turn. 
Um, yeah, just like what I said, if your intention. <laughs> well, pay attention. Pay attention. If your uh -huh. motivation is for more connection. Right. Then you may come with your medicine rather than your default. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so an, an intention, you know, maybe that, that opportunity for, you know, wanting to feel like you're belonging, what have you. But I think uh, many times, you know, when it comes to communication, there's a default of wanting to be right. Right. Yeah, he's, he's lifting his hand. I'm lifting up. my hand. You if you're watching this in audio, there's, there's an inherent desire to want to be right. Because if you're right, you're the golden boy mm. or the golden girl. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, recognizing that intention of, of like, why is that there? Mm -hmm. Right. And so you can actually take that intentional question and take that back to number one. And um, so in recognizing that for myself, I can, I can own that, you know, often I want to be right. And then recognize, well, who's that, who's that actually serving? Like there's no like mm -hmm. scoreboard <laughs> up on the wall and there's no reward for being right. There really isn't, you know, even in a conversation that may happen on social media, like do you feel victorious by, you know, putting someone down or, you know, having a, a counter point of view, or, you know, is there the bigger intention in that moment, an, an opportunity to truly connect? Mm -hmm. So that's, I'm just trying to give, give some examples. Yeah, no, that's great. And then, so number three is really recognizing your triggers. So that trigger could be um, just in that environment at that time. Maybe it's a smell. Maybe the trigger is just the tone in which the other individual is using that reminds you of a tone that maybe a parent used or a previous relationship or some sort of memory that shows up because of that trigger and understanding that now am I responding because of that past experience that you were talking about, how we're sourcing from there, or am I sourcing from what's happening right now in this moment? Yeah. So this is a question of really, you know, am I being present, present mm -hmm. time conscious? And uh, Sonia had an issue with a beard that I decided to grow a couple of years ago. That was a strong, strong trigger for her. And every time that she would make, you know, maybe in, in, in my defense, uh, not as assertive comments, maybe it's more off offhand comments, like, well, your beard's kind of uncomfortable. Like kissing you was way more enjoyable when you didn't have the beard, wow, you know, <laughs> well, thought TMI, you're my <laughs> wife. So of course, uh, there's smooching that goes on in our household. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, but maybe had we had a proper sit down conversation, if I really, you know, chose to be listening to you in that time of the beard, so it's called the time of the beard, which how long did it last for? Too long. Too long. It's like, it doesn't really matter. It's just too long. But in my defense, because we had a big blow up at the end of that that beard fiasco, right? Mm -hmm. It was, uh, I wasn't really listening to her and her needs. Maybe she wasn't being assertive enough. So I'm speaking for her and she can correct me if I'm wrong uh, in our communication. And I didn't realize, although, or maybe I didn't want to realize the depth of her pain in, in what she was experiencing based on the trigger that she had. And so that was a really, really interesting time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So even as we're speaking, sometimes I think when we, like you said, when we don't want to hear something. Mm -hmm. I said a few um, things there. Yeah. That sort of baited. Because I really did communicate directly with that um, sword voice that your beard <laughs> is very triggering for me. Please shave it. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I clearly was not listening to my wife, um, this amazing woman next to me. And and I was coming up with all sorts of different reasons why mm-hmm. it was so important. It's very important for her spirituality at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I was very and I much... totally just used sarcasm to get my point across right there. <laughs> but I was very much in an identity of how I was supposed to show up in the world mm-hmm. based on my my masculine beard, my mm-hmm. mane, my line lines mane. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was number three. So you can, you know, we'll work. <laughs> you can read to... more about this in Woman Unleashed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and we could probably pick that apart more. But I think yeah. you, you know, we, you know, and hope for couples listening, or if you're in a relationship, you know, hopefully you can sort of have a reflection on on maybe a recurring theme that showed up, and really, like when your wife is right, but then you forget. Yeah, and and I promise you, those listening, that there are times when I'm right in this relationship. We just we just tend to talk about the times that she's right more often than, than those ones. Okay. I'll let that one go. Okay. And we're uh, going to do a review at the end of this. So let's right. move into number four. Yeah. So yeah. number four is pausing, right? The pause moment and then being able to reframe. So that pause is that um, permission to recognize what's actually happening. Like you were saying that present moment time, just like being right here right now and recognizing that is this reaction that's building up in my body with my emotions? Like what meaning am I putting towards that emotion? Where am I sourcing from when I'm about to respond can help to reframe how we then um, communicate. Yeah, Like it feels a little bit like number three in that number mm-hmm. three is sort of bringing present time consciousness or mm-hmm. like, or, or, or even just questioning where are we accessing this information? Are we actually present with this person? But this is, this one feels a little bit more like a, an actual action step Mm -hmm. in that breathe like take a breath wait a second you know maybe even go back to step one two three take a look at you know those three pieces so you get a little more clarity in that pause moment Mm -hmm. or just yeah even saying that i'm feeling really triggered right now so i need a few minutes to collect myself yeah because it's very common in conversation to already obviously know what the other person's thinking or, mm-hmm. or what they're going to say, because again, we're just referencing everything from the past, right? I, I, I'm using sarcasm to teach here and I, maybe it's not very effective, but maybe it is. But the whole point is, is that, yes, what if we came into, you know, a conversation, we're feeling all of this really uncomfortable stuff and said, you know what, my love, I'm feeling that, or when you speak, when you said that to me, when, when this thing came up, what I was feeling inside was that I was feeling unheard or disrespected. I was feeling all of these things. I recognize that you can't make me feel this way, but this is something that actually got stirred up within me. I want you to know that that got stirred up within me. And I just want to feel validated that you have heard where that pain is sitting inside my body. Mm-hmm. And I don't need you to do anything about that other than to just hear and understand, or maybe not even understand, but comprehend that what I'm speaking to you is a pain for me. And I just really needed to get that off my chest. Thank you so much for listening. I don't know if there's anything for us to do. Maybe we could hug it out and have a little smooch or something uh, just, to, just so that that you know, validation of being heard. Hmm. and if I could go back uh, I know in our relationship that wouldn't be enough because I wasn't really entertaining step one two three right because often we sit so deeply in our pain body we sit so deeply in our personality in our default mode that we're just saying that to try to sound like we know what we're talking about (laughs) 
right? Yeah. So I think that like, can we show up in number four authentically mm -hmm. and actually yeah. speak from that space of, I'm actually just trying to get this off my chest and there's nothing, like if we can come to that in a clean way, there's no expectation of the other person other than the other person just to hold space. Yeah. And then it can be, okay, great. I'm so glad I got that off my chest. I feel so much better. That person literally didn't have to do anything mm -hmm. other than just hold space. Like yeah, that's the that beauty of it. It's really important when you're being really authentic, there's no expectation of the other person to do anything to make you feel better, to even validate really. I mean, they could say, yes, like I hear you, but really just if you're coming into that space authentically, there is zero expectation. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's really like, it's an opportunity for you to mm. clear this stuff that, that's just, we just carry around this goo. It's like heavy and sticky and, you know, mm. it's uncomfortable to feel all these yeah. things. Right. But it's, it's really an opportunity to, to clear it out. And yeah. that, that other person, you know, should they love you as much as you want them to, which they, you know, when you're in relationship, that's the expectation is that mm. each other show up and are really reinforced by, you know, the commitment that we're making on a daily basis to one another. And, and, and as a result of that, that's an anchor point, right? It's an anchor point to know that this woman beside me has got my back, no matter what, if I'm acting like a, a goofball, you know, she's going to let me know. And then it's up to me to actually present her with the feelings that I'm, that I'm feeling in that moment. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe it takes a few days, like maybe you're not going to figure it out right away. Of course, you know, we're all, we'll have to have our own learning process, but yeah, we did a relationship course a little while back with Peter Crone. Mm. Um, there was something that he said in there that both of us really um, not related to, but kind of took to heart. It's like seeing the other person new. Yes. All the time. Fresh set of wanted, eyes. Yeah. With yeah. a fresh set of eyes. And that I think can really summarize all of these four points. If we're seeing each other with that fresh set of eyes, we're not, sourcing from the past we're not sourcing from the triggers we're not sourcing from the expectations or the judgments we're just sourcing from what's happening right there in that moment mm -hmm. yeah. it's beautiful yeah so let's let's review those four steps yeah just, so number step, one so let let's let's anchor people into an experience okay um someone didn't put their i'm gonna bring up stuff that that we talk about sometimes uh, i noticed that when uh I'm, I'm playing sonia just by the way I noticed that often the case when you and the boys come in the house, you just leave your shoes at the front door and like, they're just kind of sitting there and I'm done putting them away in the closet. Yeah. You can be me. <laughs> yeah. I'll put them away later. Yes. Okay. And then, you know, if, if I'm um, believing of this joker, then I'll say, Okay, great. Well, you know, maybe, maybe you, I can watch you put them away and we can have this little experience of closure. And then you can repeat that behavior on subsequent entries into the house. And so I don't we think this is a good example of what we're trying to do. I think you're confusing everyone. <laughs> that was a good try. Okay, we're good. just going to summarize. It started off well. And it then, did. Okay. Yeah, it was a good so try. That was a good example. So we're just going to summarize the four and you are going to put your own examples in so yeah. that it starts to serve you and your communication and your relationship. Thank you for stopping. Me. Yeah. I number like one. Grasping. <laughs> yeah. Number one is to really understand where your default mechanism. So identifying it first and where that default has served you in your life and thanking that default so that you can step into more of that present moment. And, and is there an opportunity for your medicine to come forward? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then number two is understanding your intention and motivation for that communication. Like what is it that you want and what is it that you want to understand more about yourself and maybe that person that you're conversating with. 
And then number three is recognizing the triggers, recognizing and knowing that a lot of your responses and reactions may be coming from triggers. So how can we now do number four and pause so that we can self-reflect so we can reframe? Yeah, and reframe with, um, in this situation, this feeling stirred within me. And I just want to share with you how I'm feeling about that in this moment. Yeah, great. So let us know how that goes for all of you. If you utilize those four steps or if you had any awarenesses and insights, please share with us. Maybe put it on Instagram, Facebook, tag us so that we can kind of learn from you guys too and each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and to your point, if you like this video, again, please comment, share, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So thanks so much for tuning in. And as we learn from one another and from all of you, I'm sure this world can all use this medicine as a way to move forward in a really healthy, loving, compassionate kind of way. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.